Hello! Hello! <laughs> Welcome to Club de Club de Cuervos, episode seven. seven of season one. Our Guggenheim. That's right. I'm Elena. And I'm James. And how would you describe this episode? What happens in it? Um, lots of stuff. Uh,. Well, a- another uh, another crazy Java scheme. He decides that he wants a uh, player that he thinks is really cool, even though it's a bad financial decision. And we have uh, more intrigue with uh, Mary Lou's and uh, and other various things happen. And there was some funny stuff. <laughs> some funny stuff. Some funny stuff. That's incredibly specific. It was funny and it was stuff. Okay, so the first scene in the episode is the blackboard. And it says, sometimes the strongest yes is a no. And I forgot who said it. I don't remember either. Okay, and then we get an Ayator by Ayator Cardone cologne commercial featuring Ayator Cardone and a female model. Yes, this commercial was kind of hilarious. And it was in black and white, too. Yes. Aitor is so sexy. (laughs) (laughs) And then there are the credits. After that, we go to the Club de Cuervo's office for the football player draft. Felix yells the plan at the room. Freddy Pausini says they need three defenders. And Isabel chimes in, too, and the music makes a funny... Uh, stop as if, oh, we're supposed to pay attention to Isabel now. Mm-hmm. Then the executives go after the players they want. Isabel reads on her phone that Ayator, no longer under cra- contract, is visiting Miami. Rafa calls Isabel from home and wants to talk about Breaking Bad, but <laughs> Isabel has to go. Felix makes the deal with Eliseo for the three players they want and tells Eliseo he needs the board's approval. Felix tells Isabel that he needs Chava's signature. Isabel asks Hugo Sanchez, who is under a desk again, where <laughs> yes, Chava is. on the is. floor again. <laughs> Hugo Sanchez admits that Chava is in Miami at the Walter Bazaar Seminar. Mm-hmm. The Walter Bazaar Seminar. I, I laughed a lot when Hugo Chavez popped up. It's Sanchez, not Chavez. Who goes? Who, uh, blah, 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 blah. who goes? Sanchez. Yes, when he popped up, it was. Uh, what else did you? I was also I, I was also really laughing at uh, Rafa trying to describe uh, Breaking Bad to Isabel while she was busy. And that's the only Rafa we see in this episode. Mm-hmm. Everyone seemed very excited and very busy, like this was a super important time. Well, it was because they were losing players, and they wanted the players that they thought would be most effective. Mm-hmm. So they were discussing them amongst themselves, and then trying to get them, and, and as the time wore on, there weren't as many people left. And nobody said this uh, in the episode, but we remember from earlier that they are short on money because they still have to pay Goyle. Yes, no one mentions this, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Then... Uh, what else? 
That's all. Okay, then in the next scene, Walter Bazaar talks to his students in English in a small executive seminar room. He asks Chava about a limiting belief. Chava tells Walter in English about his difficulty innovating in his family business. Walter tells the class that luck is when opportunity meets preparation. Chava writes down Walter's words. And the woman next to him says, Mmm, mmm. Like, this is some innovative stuff. Yes, my my impression of Walter Bazaar's stuff was, I'm going to tell you super obvious stuff, but you're going you're gonna to eat it up because I'm Walter Bazaar. And you're paying a lot for it, too, because mm-hmm. they're in this conference room that was small, and it had really cushy chairs. And uh, when I first watched this episode last year, yes, I was struck by how Chavez spoke in English, and I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And how um, he was not as confident as uh, he usually is with his bravado uh, in Nuevo Toledo. Yeah. and I thought it was partially because uh, he's speaking his second language, because I don't think he knows any others, mm-hmm. and that he is not in Nuevo Toledo, where everyone knows who he is, and he's a big, important guy. He's not the big fish in the little pond. He's the little fish in the big pond. Mm-hmm. In Miami, at this important seminar, well, something that he thinks is important. I don't think anyone else <laughs> in the series is, is as important as he does, including Walter Bazaar. Uh, but he 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 thinks that uh, since he goes around quoting Walter Bazaar all the time, he thinks, oh my goodness, this is so important, I need to know all this stuff, and, and uh, it, it felt very much uh, like the people that I saw at the Tony Robbins seminar in the Netflix documentary that mm. I recently watched about Tony Robbins. In that, Tony Robbins said even less about stuff. And, pe- and he had thousands of people in that room going like, oh my goodness, that's amazing! But Walsh Brazar said actual things that were not very um, impressive or unique and... People normally like, yeah, limiting beliefs. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good thing. That's a good one. Let me write this down. One thing I noticed was that Walter Bazaar asks Chava about his limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. Chava answers about what he perceives to be limiting beliefs of, of the people around him. Mm-hmm. He talks about how how in in Mexico, in Nuevo Toledo, it's kind of a backwards society. And he answers all he he's he speaks in this this uh the what is it called? This up voice where he ends every sentence that he says in that scene with a question mm. and and he usually doesn't do that when he's at home. Yeah. He said well, because because he's at home and he's speaking in Spanish most of the time. And here it feels like, oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And it, it's, it, it really prevents me from being innovative. Uh-huh. Like, okay, child, first of all, that you're not telling the whole story. And also, could you make a declarative sentence, please? And not, you don't need to tell them about <laughs> the time you won money in Vegas either. <laughs> yeah. 
Anything else? Okay, so the next scene. In a club men's room, Chaba encounters Ayator. He asks Ayator about a woman who allegedly had unprotected sex with Ayator. And we learn that she's the fifth woman Ayator has impregnated. Yes. He is completely enamored of, of Ayator. He just thinks Ayator is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And Ayator says, yes, it's me. The greatest thing since sexy sliced bread. Then, uh, in the next scene, Isabel tries to have sex with Rafa, but Chawa interrupts them, calling Isabel to tell her he's in Spain about to sign Ayator to the Cuervos. Chava flew Ayator to Spain in his private chat. Isabel tells Chava to return home and sign the deal with Pausini. They should have uh, turned off their phone. Well, yes, but I don't <laughs> think she's expecting anyone to call her late at night. Yeah, I guess it was they're in different time zones. Well, well, yeah, but also no one else is calling Isabel at night, yeah. so she wasn't expecting Chava. To call she, her. Like she thought it was an emergency or something. She thought it was something important. Mm-hmm. And it's just Chala saying, I'm in Spain. Like, okay. Then, Moises and... Okay, his name is not Pocho. It's Potro. Moises and Potro go to lunch with Jimena and Potro's new date, whose name I still don't know. Mm. Potro's date joins Jimena in the bathroom. Potro asks Moises to have a porn star party with him. Moises declines and tells Potro that he and Jimena will be renewing their vows at the Vatican and might get matching tattoos. Yes, and uh, Potro says, oh, matching tattoos. That's what people do before they get divorces. Mm. Hmm. But we learn that Moises is committed to Jimena and mm-hmm. that he wants this relationship to work and he's not... Oh, and before Jimena goes to the bathroom, these two women walk across and... Pocho checks them out, and Moises doesn't look at them at all. So then she goes to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So the next scene, Chava returns to the office and hits people on the bottom. Yes. <laughs> what you, like, why? <laughs> and people do not look happy about it. Mm-mm. He tells Isabel that Ayator is his new best friend, and he offered Ayator $30 million to join the Cuervos. Isabel tells him it would take years to recruit the investment, Chava wants this to be their legacy, and Isabel says she will talk to Felix. Mm-hmm. She's kind of partially won over by this. It's like, hey, Chava, this is less terrible than most of your ideas. Okay, I'll roll with it. Mm-hmm. Then a female neighbor offers to run with Moises. Moises declines and runs in the opposite direction. Yes, it does seem like he switched directions because of the request. Mm-hmm. Huh. Isabel tells Felix about Ayator's letter of intent to Chava. Isabel says that in Chava's world of crazy ideas, this one makes sense. Felix says it is not an option. Pausini came to the team with conditions. El Seo, the most powerful man in Latin American soccer, will destroy Felix and the team if they cross him. Isabel asks why they are dealing with him now. Felix explains they had to because Chava fired Goyo. Felix asks Isabel again to get her brother to sign the three-player deal. Yeah. It seems like Felix is the only character who really comprehends how serious um, Eliseo is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, Isabel understands because she trusts Felix saying that it's important, but he's the only one who, uh, who actually knows 
uh, what's up with LSAO. And it seems odd because, because well, he should know, obviously, because he's a good manager and not only was a player, but uh, but then went through um, management school for, for sports management and then ran the team as general manager under Salvador. But it seems odd that the other people involved on the board don't really grasp the concept of LSAO controlling the mm-hmm. whole soccer league because it's not like he it's not that he just is a powerful agent. Felix says that he also controls the press and all of the players in South America. Uh-huh. Which is a lot. Which is a lot <laughs> and, and no one else seems to think, oh, maybe we shouldn't get into some sort of battle. It's implied that uh it's implied that Salvador knew how serious. Yes. But, he, but nobody else got this information. <laughs> yes, including the governor. Yes, oh my, the governor. We'll have more about the governor. So, so Chavez shows Isabel the press kit he is making. Isabel tells Chavez she is impressed, but they can't sign Ayator. She explains Felix's deal with Pastini. Chavez says Pastini's plan is too conservative. Isabel says Chavez can make decisions when he has more experience. Chavez says he won't sign the three-player deal. His vision is Ayator. He wants Ayator. Isabel says she will convene a board meeting to approve the deal. And Isabel emphasizes to him that Chava needs to sign the deal to protect Felix. But Chava is just focused on getting Ayator for mm-hmm. his vision for the team. Yes, he's focused on his own thing. And he's very petulant about this whole exchange. And he doesn't understand. He says, I'm the president. No one consulted me. And everyone's like, well, you... Left what he he didn't he didn't just leave he left without telling anybody where he was going and for how long even though this was the time that you had to have the players draft mm-hmm. and he's acting like everyone went behind his back to concoct these deals but if you leave the country and then go to two different countries and don't tell anyone where you're going. He only told Hugo Sanchez with instructions not to tell anyone else. (laughs) But he still wants everyone to consult him as if the rest of the league is going to wait on picking players until he comes back from his seminar with Walter Bazaar, who no one else cares about. So, so yeah, it, he just has no idea that just because you're president doesn't mean that everyone automatically goes along with you, especially when you have no experience. Mm-hmm. So, so it's just completely irritating because he just he just has no concept at all, <laughs> just none. And then he's and then he gets mad at people that were doing their jobs to keep the business running that is paying him. Yes. Mm. So then next, Mary Louise helps Chava with his watch. She goes to look for her boots, and she finds Chava's blue gifts for her baby. Mary Louise locks herself in a room, mad that Chava didn't respect her wishes to wait to learn the sex of the baby. Chava explains they want to do something, and Mary Louise forgives him and lets him feel the baby kick. Mary Louise thinks he'll be a soccer player, and Chava wants to make some calls. Mm-hmm. Yes, so he's stashed this heap of toys in the closet and comes toppling out on her. 
Uh, he talked about buying toys on sale. Yes, that's like, what his father said. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of you know, that's the kind of uh, of knowledge he remembered from his father instead of the important stuff. And he plans to make calls about a fetus playing soccer. Okay. <laughs> At an okay. At an outdoor Christmas party for the team, Chava and Mary Lou sit with Isabel and Felix. Isabel is unhappy with how Chava is walking around with Mary Lou's. Because people in the town are talking about it. Yeah, they're walking around like they're dates. (laughs) And Chava says, she's my Ruby! Then Jimena requests that Moises let her and Potro's date inside the party because they're outside the barriers. Yeah, it's like the bouncer won't let let him in or something. Yes. And then Potro's date tells Jimena that she wants to marry Potro, and she talks about how she asked Jimena wasn't being married to Moises her dream and being in this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And then Jimena walks away. Yeah, she. Um, yeah, I can tell there's stuff going on in her head there, and I don't, uh, I didn't follow it all, but she's. Um, She's unhappy about this perspective that she's been uh, presented. Yes, she is. Then Isabel has her driver take her to her father's house. The governor takes the stage at the party. The party goers outside the gate throw food at the governor. Chala has an idea as the Christmas tree lights up behind his head. Yes. Now Isabel, Isabel leaving is like she notices. Uh, she has she has a has a, a conversation with uh, with Chava when uh, when Mary Lou leaves uh, to use the restroom or so, or something and she's like you haven't even looked for his it's been a, I told you a month ago to find uh, the passport and you haven't even looked yet and he's like oh whatever and so Isabel realizes nobody's in the house Mary Lou's is here she'll be distracted for a while I'm gonna do the searching and Chava is also uh, not concerned about losing a third of his inheritance and and they talk about how uh isabel says well you well you've always had it and he says well you have too except that that yes both of them did grow up with a lot of wealth but isabel is actually working on her job uh-huh. and chava is just doing whatever he, he wants. seems to think that the that money is unlimited he he feels like you know, you, you, you take infinity and cut it in a third, uh, that doesn't matter. It's still infinity. He has no concept of, actu- of how the money is actually made mm-hmm. and how it will actually affect him. Yeah. He doesn't realize that it's actually a limited resource. Mm-hmm. And then... Chava walks and talks with the governor, suggesting a way to regain the love of the people. Mm-hmm. And then Isabel arrives at her father's house. Mary Luce's phone beeps with a security alert as she sees Isabel enter the house. Mary Luce faints into Felix's arms and requests that he take her home. Yes, she goes with the fainting routine again. This is, what, the third, fourth time we've seen it? Mm-hmm. Then Felix and his wife drive Mary Lou's home. Mm-hmm. Isabel snoops through the house and finds the blue baby gifts. Then she finds the medical receipts for a vasectomy. She sees Mary Lou's approaching in front of the house. 
Isabel cleans up the mess she has made. I really love she when she's uh, trying when she realizes that Mary Lou's is coming and she she you know looks around and she ducks underneath the the desk like she's gonna hide there. And then in a few seconds, she comes back out again. Like that was a terrible idea. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna get out. Um, so that's all. Okay. Then Mary uh, Mary Louise finds Isabel reading in her father's study. Isabel leaves with books in her hands. Mm-hmm. And Mary Louise fast forwards through the tape of Isabel's intrusion. Yes. So she now that she's there, she sees. Okay, she was snooping around. Her her fears were confirmed. But she doesn't know what Isabel took with her. Mm-hmm. The next day, at a meeting with the family, Isabel confronts Mary Louise with the receipt. Isabel demands an explanation. Her chia explains that Salvador had his vasectomy reversed. Chava laughs at Isabel. The family learns that, uh, that Mary Louise is having a boy. Isabel storms out. Yes. I. What I was thinking later is... Why didn't why didn't the uncle tell her this before? He had this information at the beginning of the meeting, and he didn't share it then. He knew what the meeting was about, and he waited until she'd gone halfway through uh, presenting this thing before he's like, "Oh yeah, I knew about the vasectomy. I knew it was reversed." Oh, Uncle Lewis. And then uh, Jimena tells Moises that she's going away alone. She doesn't fit into his world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a, a sad scene, um, and uh, she looks really sad, you know, realizing that she needs to needs to leave, and he's very upset about this. Um, but they're kind of like silently upset; they're not communicating it. Then mm-hmm. Felix and Isabel present the plan to the board and call for a vote. The governor says Chava has something to share. Hugo Sanchez sets up the machine. Chava proposes that they achieve the results of the eight-year plan in one or two years with Ayatollah Cardone. <laughs> Hugo Sanchez plays the scissor reel. The <laughs> the sizzle reel is hilarious. At the end, the governor applauds. Tia Luis agrees to invest $15 million from the soap factory. The governor is willing to put up the other half. Chava says that Ayator will be their Guggenheim. Felix warns them about Eliseo. The governor tells Felix to send Eliseo's complaints his way, and he bangs the gavel. As Felix walks out, Chava tells Felix that Salvador wanted a captain. Yeah, but not a captain steering them into a into a reef. Um, uh, the the sizzle reel, as you call it, was hilarious because you know it's his his uh, his soccer highlights, and then inserted in the middle is his uh, his perfume commercial from the beginning. Uh, that made me laugh, and uh, and then uh, when the governor saying, "Oh, well, you know, if this uh, LSAO guy is giving you problems, you send him to me," it's like, "Oh, I." He says, like, I, I've dealt with, uh, you know, mobsters, I've dealt with drug cartels, I'm not afraid of anything. This is the same governor who had, who ran off because uh, people in town were throwing vegetables at him at the Christmas, Christmas party. Mm-hmm. It seems like his uh, reassurances are empty. Yes, and it's surprising that he doesn't know anything about the League. Mm-hmm. 
And that's and that apparently he just has $15 million from doing what? I don't know. Now, one thing I didn't understand here is it costs them $30 million to get Ayator. They get 15 from Tio Luis. They get 15 from the governor. $30 million, which means this is all outside investment. So why can't they still get uh, the other players that uh, they wanted to get from LSAO? Probably because they, there's an expectation that they're going to pay the people back. Because um. Felix says that with thirty million he could get five players. Uh, and they're getting three players. So, okay, I just didn't understand the the business behind it. But. It's an it's an investment that they expect to recoup. Mm-hmm. They weren't just chipping it in. It was like a loan, more or less. Yes, because the the money is outside of the team budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Then Felix goes to his office. Isabel goes to her office. She calls the producer on the phone and tells him she has an exclusive. Yes, I thought this was interesting, because it's like, Felix and Isabel were the only two people who comprehended that this was a serious, a serious problem. Um, and I don't know what she's going to say in her exclusive, so that's something I'm looking forward to in the next episode, is to find out what her exclusive is, um, and how she thinks talking to this reporter is going to help uh, with this problem. And he, when he answers the phone, he says, uh, is this a miracle? Because oh, he's, he he's surprised to hear from her. Yes, yes. But he's happy to hear from her. Then uh, Felix apologizes to Eliseo over the phone. Eliseo tells Felix not to worry and hangs up the phone. Eliseo, so when they're on the phone, he's throwing something at the wall. Mm. And then Eliseo continues flinging throwing stars at a picture of Chava. And he says that he's going to teach the, the boy who's in charge. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, Felix wasn't just apologizing. He was pleading and groveling. And, uh, and then this LSAO throwing ninja stars. It, is, there, is there any more pretentious way of showing that you're an evil guy is throwing ninja stars while you're on the phone? He could have thrown uh, glass knives. <laughs> yeah, that would have been pretty bad, too. Okay, so what was your impression of this episode? Uh, I enjoyed it very much. Um, it was interesting to see... Uh, it's interesting to see Chava create a whole new class of mess. Um and uh, I liked the uh, I liked kind of the, the little battle of wits between uh, uh, between Isabel and Mary Lou's um, over whatever it is she's hiding because uh, we know what Isabel is looking for but we don't know what Mary Lou's is hiding um, so and I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes next. 
Whom did you identify with most in the episode? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Who did you identify with most? Hmm. Um, probably Rafa. Yeah. Because he was trying to talk about TV, <laughs> and his spouse wasn't uh, interested in hearing it because she was at work. So he had to hang up and just figure out something else to do with himself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Rafa. Back to you. Um, shall we do our most valuable and least valuable players? What about your identifying? I still don't know. <laughs> I don't always identify. Okay. And how about uh, Potro's date? Potro's date? Oh. <laughs> I would not say that I identify with her, no. Or Tony, as he was not in this episode. I was also not in this episode. I think you're onto something there. Hey, you can do your most valuable player. Um, my most valuable player, um, it would have to be Isabel. I was, uh, uh, I really liked when, uh, when Mary Luz came back. And she was caught, and she just so coolly sits down in the chair and uh, just kind of bluffs her way right out of there. I thought that was really cool, and uh, and I love that she was um, she was being open to Chava's wild idea, but she was still taking things seriously and still being having a good head for business, like she always does. Um, so she was great. Mm-hmm. And your most valuable player. considering Isabel that I am now going to say Jimena mm-hmm. for getting out of a situation that she knows is no longer right for her mm-hmm. even though it's difficult yeah that's a good one too it's kind of a callback to earlier episodes we were talking about uh, getting out and Felix thinking about getting out and uh, she also knew when to get out and that is a good insight who was your least valuable player? <laughs> um, well, there's uh, there's always Chava, but um, um, I think uh, Tia Louise deserves some honorable mention here for a dishonorable mention for uh, not not telling uh, uh, Isabel about the. Uh, what he knew about the vasectomy reversal, or and just going along with uh, with Chava's crazy plan at the uh, at the board meeting, um, but um, maybe the governor, because he was going along much worse. He was very he was he was gung ho about this Guggenheim plan. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say the governor. Okay. I thought about Chava being Lily's battle player because he's such a spectacular idiot in this episode. <laughs> and then I considered Ayator because he has impregnated five women 
and still having unprotected sex in 2015. Because <laughs> who does that? I suppose we're going to see a lot more of Ayator. Yes, we are. Uh, but I'm going to go with the governor because clearly he he has uh, no he has no respect from the people. He is doing terrible things with his money, and where did that money come from? Probably places like Dragon Cola, which is <laughs> taking over the city and eliminating all the jobs. So instead of so so getting all that grift for his town is now left the people of the town without anything to do. So how how does he intend to continue running the town now that he's now spending fifteen million dollars in U.S. currency? He, he's a fitting ally for Chava in this nonsense. Yes, he he has he he's now spending fifteen million dollars on a player that no one in Europe wants, so that he can move to this town, which is deteriorating because of the governor's choices to align himself with Dragon Cola, which is not bringing any business to town. Somehow he thinks he's gonna bring all this tourism business to Nuevo Toledo for one guy <laughs> with no insurance because it's just one person. It's not even like this one person is going to build up the team. Let's go to Nuevo Toledo this summer. That's where Ayator's abs live. So yes, I'm going to say the governor somehow beat out Chava for the <laughs> least valuable player. Oh yes, also dishonorable mention for... Uh... Uh, for Walter Bazaar. <laughs> <No. laughs> well, I mean, he's, he's not doing anything terrible except encouraging Chava. <laughs> yes. Okay. So what are you looking forward to in the next episodes? Um, I'm looking forward to... Well, it's very much the, the things that were set up in the last two phone calls. I want to see what Isabel has to say to the reporter. And uh, I want to see... Um, I want to see what Mr. Ninja Star Throwing is going to do next. And, uh, of course, uh, looking forward to, uh, to Ayator nonsense. What about the baby? Is the baby due? Well, the baby's going to come eventually. In the next episode? No. Oh, okay. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I didn't expect it yet. I figured they would mention something when the, when the due date was getting close. Mm -hmm. Okay, well that is it for this episode of Club de Club de Cuervos. Yay, thank you for listening. Thank you, we'll be back next time with episode 8 of season 1. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.